The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and as always, I'm here with Mike, and we're going to recap the week that was in All Elite Wrestling. Before we get into the action, Mike, how are you doing? I just want to go outside. <laughs> like, no, I, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing I'm as good as possibly can be. Um, but yeah, getting a little stir crazy. We're on day 15 of uh, quarantine here in, in Boston. And yeah, I've watched four television series. Uh, I've watched, I played what, maybe through almost two games now, like 50, 60 hours into the Yu-Gi-Oh! Switch game. So, uh, you know, I have perennial issues with my right hands for uh, a joint issue, and it's been aggravated this week, and I think it's because I've been playing so many video games. So, um, Sure, that's what it is. Yeah, it's not that free Pornhub premium that they're giving to everyone in the United States. Not me, not once, not never. So... <laughs> <laughs> very kind of them by the way on the on their register page it asks you like you know how you have like disclosure boxes like you can't submit until you click this one of them is you're going to practice say, uh social distancing yeah Pornhub i saw something about doing, that on twitter <laughs> Pornhub is doing more to promote social distancing than our government is so yay 2020 how you doing man how'd the move go uh my back hurts yeah um <laughs> So I, I, my, my day job is very physical and, uh, you know, worked kind of a hard week last week. And then the weekend was spent picking things up and putting them down, rearranging furniture. Like I hate moving so much. Love the new place. Very excited. Glad to be here. Glad to have stable, reliable internet so that when we're recording these podcasts, uh, we don't have to worry about whether or not it's just going to explode so Full disclosure we were starting 45 minutes late because joel had to move to a different part of his apartment to get good internet so still an improvement but <laughs> we're working through the challenges when i realized yeah. that i was in literally the polar opposite section of our unit from where the router was set up i was like oh this is probably not the best place for me to be uh, and i moved and now i have very stable internet and we're in a good good situation so that's um, so funny so yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean we're liking the new place and um do you have your cats back not yet not yet, not yet. um so that's that's gonna gonna be a little while on that front um and um we can talk about the reasons why off the podcast but nobody listening cares why i don't have my cats so um no. I care, but yes, we can talk about that <laughs> later. Um, hey, Joel, why don't you give us a rundown of what happened on tonight's very weird episode of Dynamite? Yeah, let's get into it. So the show kicked off with a match between Jimmy Havoc and Cody. Cody getting the win via pinfall, which was followed up by a vignette from Jake the Snake Roberts. When we came back from that, Cody got on the mic and responded to Jake and that was followed by a vignette from Darby Allen and a match between Darby Allen and Kip Sabian. Darby Allen getting the win via pinfall. Uh, after that was a video package about Jake Hager, followed by a Jake Hager match, which was uh, against a newcomer. Uh, one might call them a enhancement talent, Chico Adams. Joe Bear. Uh, 
Jake Hager won the match uh, via referee stoppage. And then we got the debut of Brody Lee taking on QT Marshall. Brody Lee getting the pinfall victory. And uh, then we got a really fun little Vanguard 1 video update on the status of Nick Jackson. And uh, then we got the the big match that was advertised for this card, Sammy Guevara versus Kenny Omega for the AAA Mega Championship. Uh, Kenny Omega winning the match and retaining his title via pinfall. And uh, the show closed with a confrontation between Broken Matt Hardy and Chris Jericho. So uh, not a whole lot on this card. Not too much happened, uh, but there was some fun stuff. So, um, Mike, start us off. What is your stock up from this episode? Yeah, I think I think let's start with the the. <laughs> The best championship name, the AAA Mega Championship. <laughs> what a fun match! And uh, I just really, it was it was interesting because uh, Sammy worked like on top most of the match. Uh, you know, S- Sammy did a really good job of isolating uh, Kenny's um, hand injury, and I think I, I lost count of how many times that hand got slammed into the posts, the barrier, uh, the apron. Um, so really, really good stuff there, and. I just, it was a really fun match. Just another example of them trusting Sammy. They basically put Sammy in the main event tonight against the best bout machine. And I was thoroughly entertained. I think it was the best match of the night. And I think it was just a good showcase. And I, with all these empty arena shows that they're doing, and not only in AEW, but in the other wrestling show and other wrestling companies, um, I feel like if you're going to make it work, the, the in-ring stuff has to be fantastic. Like... If you're not having the crowd reaction and you're not being able to do the normal, you know, pomp and circumstance of a live show, the ring work better be really good. And I really enjoyed this match. I think it might have been one of Sammy's best matches in the company. Um, You know, we always talk about how we kind of sometimes he always has maybe one or two little botches during the match. I felt this was one of his cleanest ones. And we always talk about does a wrestler belong? And Sammy looked like he belonged in the ring with Kenny Omega. I agree. I think this was a a good match for Sammy. And this was a great example of what happens when you put two wrestlers in the ring who are really good at making the other person's stuff look good. Uh, There were some really, really loud chops from Kenny in this match. And Sammy sold that really well. Uh, there was the uh, Spanish fly that they hit in the middle of the ring. Oh, that just looked standing so fly? crisp. And uh, the really cool reverse springboard cutter from mm-hmm. Sammy where, I mean, he was on the apron and then he jumped and spun in midair and then did a springboard into a cutter, which I hadn't seen before. And I Mm-mm. don't think we've seen Sammy do that. So it was, it was cool to see him whip out something new. And to your point about these, these empty arena shows, I feel like what we've been getting is fewer matches, but the matches have overall been like longer. So mm-hmm. because they have limited talent, the talent that is there are getting a little bit more time than maybe they otherwise would on a jam packed episode of dynamite. Uh, that's, advancing storylines there weren't really a whole lot of storylines that were advanced here but uh just more complimenting what was already going on so 
I thought it was a fun match. My favorite part of the match, and I think the best selling that took place, was uh, Brandy selling how disgusted she was with <laughs> Sammy making out with the uh, caricature of her. And uh, that that spot was really funny. I love that he came out with these caricatures of people mm-hmm. taped to chairs and that they were kind of like the the pseudo audience. So uh, that was yeah, kind of fun. Yeah, the spoiler alert, if I can get it, Brandy's face is going to be our picture episode on Instagram this week because <laughs> just disgust. Great job, Brandy. Great, great character work and acting right there. Uh, it was really funny. Uh, him making out, it, it wasn't just he like pretended to make, you could see his tongue. Oh yeah, he got going in there. Back, like, Ah, it, it'd be different. Like I can make out with a piece of paper right now and just like shove it against my face, but he committed to it. And so when I first, yeah. I, I didn't like, watch live gross, like people yeah, who don't know how to French kiss, French kissing kind of, it was very kind of edge Lita French kissing from uh rated R superstar era. And yeah. So, yeah. I could see that. Except yeah, so that it, instead of Lita, you had a piece of paper, a piece of paper. Um, what I, what I did like about um, the, the caricature stuff is I loved at one point, Sammy went into the crowd during Kenny's entrance and started chanting, Kenny sucks. Kenny sucks. <laughs> um, just really, yeah, really fun stuff. And, you, you know, talking about like the moves and making them look really great. Sammy sold one of those V triggers where it looked like his neck snapped. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. Like it, it's the same thing with like that super kick he took from one of the Jacksons a few weeks ago where he just lost his head. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the camera angle or what, but it was loud. It looked great. And I thought he died. And I also like that twisting Tope Suicida he did. Yeah, um, that was pretty sweet. I also, I also like Shavoni calling it. Like, hey, hey, he's saying Tope Suicida. And he's like, Excalibur, that was for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, just uh, wicked fun. Um, oh, uh, God, the the counter out of the Snapdragon where he like flipped out of it and then did like a black mass type kick to Kenny's face. Yeah, that was pretty Holy sweet. Holy crap. Like really fun, two phenomenal athletes. And uh, yeah, I, I I really just really enjoyed this match. And um, I think it went like 20 something minutes. Like you said, the matches were longer, but man, I, I could have gone maybe another 10, 15 minutes of this. I think it would have been awesome. And what I, I really want to take a moment, they they mentioned... I think it was Cody um, on commentary talking about how like this has like a playoff vibe to it because it like they're getting closer and closer to the showdown. And I just kind of liked the framing of the match in that way. It kind of felt like that too with some like uh, Aubrey not disqualifying Kenny for Brandy slapping the shit out of Sammy. You know, playoff basketball is always tougher because they let more stuff go. So uh, I thought that was a really good thing to point out from commentary during this match. Definitely. Uh, There's a lot to like here. And I think Sammy is being positioned in a way to let us know that, you know, he's a star of the future. He's going to be around. He's going to be in big, high profile matches and he's going to look good in those matches. So uh, I think he's got a bright future ahead of him. And, you know, we've talked about this so many times, just how much he's improved, but it just keeps happening week over week. He just keeps getting better. But just think of when we saw him at WrestleCon last year. That was the first time really either either of us had gotten any exposure to Sammy Guevara. And I think not only has he gotten better in the ring, I think he's got a much better grasp of his character. 
And they said something during the Darby Allen Kip Sabian match that stood out to me. Uh, they said that they're freshmen on the varsity team and that they're young, they're talented, and they're only going to get better. I feel like if you had to like throw people on that, you know, freshman on the varsity team, it'd be those two and then Sammy. So I think uh, really, really talented uh, young guys that, you know, they're the franchise going forward. You know, we'll, they're probably hopefully be near the top of the card in the next few years. So very excited to see where they go. Anything else about this match before we move on to our next uh, item and stock up, stock down? No, I think we can move on. Um, I do have uh, kind of a, a something that we didn't talk about in our rundown, but I wanted to talk about. And I think sure. that this is a good place to transition into it. Um, stock up to Cody on commentary. Also, stock up to Kenny on commentary from the first match, too. I think both were phenomenal, but start with uh, Cody's since you brought it up. Well, Cody, he just his passion, his enthusiasm, like really came across and some of the technical breakdowns, it, it, it was kind of it reminded me of of what Taz adds to a match when he talks about mm-hmm. like, oh, in judo, that's this and this is what it's for and this is what it does. Uh, when he was talking about, you know, leverage and making the other guy carry your body weight and, you know, getting the knee behind the head to to really lock in that hold, you know, those types of technical aspects really add to the match by letting the average viewer know why they're doing what they're doing and why they're doing it the way they're doing it. It sells the action in the ring and it makes things just pop more. And, uh, you know, Cody has a, a background as a very talented amateur wrestler, and he's able to draw upon that knowledge and that experience flavored by his, you know, entire life of being around the professional wrestling business. And it really shows in his ability to sell things on commentary. And I was blown away by how good he was throughout the entire show. Yeah. And just the amount of pop culture references and old wrestling references he, uh, he delivered throughout the show. Um, you know, it, it can it reminded me of some of the, the pop reference stuff that like, um, Corey Graves or Mara were throwing, but it like actually fit, like it didn't feel out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it, it, he was very polished and I didn't expect that. And usually when you get a wrestler on commentary, you know, they're, they're leaning into their characters a bit and, I felt him and him, him and Kenny did a really good job of, yeah, we're going to make some references to the elite here, but you know, it wasn't just them ranting and raving about how bad of a person Sammy is the entire match. Yeah. You know, it, it felt like a professional, uh, broadcaster and, you know, he did it for an hour and a half. That's really to, to not really have seen any of that happen with him before to just come out and be able to do an hour and a half on commentary. Like, you know, obviously he's a great in-ring performer, but, you know, as he ages, like that could be a good role for him too. Same thing with Kenny. I thought Kenny sounded like a a professional golf commentator, very calm, <laughs> very collected, and then just bringing out the moves and referencing all the different things that they're doing. Um, and I just thought it was it was a nice change of pace. Obviously, you know, Excalibur, we both consider one of the best in the game and JR has some, you know, you know, legendary status there, but on a week where you probably didn't have people who could travel, obviously JR's has a history of health issues and his age, like 
probably not something they he wanted to risk. So, um, yeah, bravo. I thought they did a really good job. Yeah, I was especially impressed. I think my favorite commentary of the night was during the uh, Darby Allen and Kip Sabian match. Cody putting over Darby as a counter wrestler and explaining that that's what his style is. It reminded me of watching New Japan and a conversation between Kevin Kelly and Don Callis, where they were talking about Tamatanga as a defensive wrestler and basically the same kind of things, but talking about how he's not really trying to attack you so much. He's trying to use your strength against you, let you supply the power and he's going to use it against you. So I really enjoyed that breakdown. And I've been kind of trying in my head to figure out how would I explain Darby Allen to someone who hasn't seen him before? Like, he's not a high flyer. He's not a traditional cruiserweight. He's not a brawler. He's not really a technical wrestler. And that whole concept of, oh, he's a counter wrestler. He's going to try to draw you in and then turn things around on you. He's going to look for that opening and not be on the offensive, but be ready to jump in and make that comeback at any given time. So I thought that was a really good characterization of his style and his character. And it's funny when he described that the very next thing he did was that like spring bar arm springboard arm drag where he gets so far up in the air. Like it literally was like the perfect timing for that commentary. Um, and I liked what he said. You can never count him out. You never know what's coming. You can't hit that taunt button. Like, what, what a nerd, Cody. <laughs> like, <laughs> what a nerd referencing, you know, a taunt button. from. Yeah, a, that was know, probably it, the 12th nerdiest thing that he referenced in that Oh, my match. God. He, he, he was referenced. He made so many references. I actually found an article earlier that after every match, it was listing all the pop culture or wrestling references that he made. And one I really liked was comparing Brody Lee to Kevin Nash. Um, I thought that was a really good comparison because young Kevin Nash was wicked athletic, you know, like he could do a lot of stuff. And then also referencing Eddie Guerrero when he kind of did that, like splash from the, the apron. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed Cody on commentary. And if this is our new normal for the time being, then commentary is going to be in a good place. You know, obviously we want to get to a point where the whole roster is traveling and it's back to normal, but, um, they're really they're making they're, I think they're doing a pretty good job with these extraordinary circumstances that we're dealing with. For sure. So what else do you have for stock up, stock down? Well, you took me, you know, off the uh, the rundown. So I now have to go back to my rundown. Let's talk about that Jericho Hardy confrontation. And first off, <laughs> Jericho just cutting a promo on Vanguard one. <laughs> we give jericho a lot of crap for some of the stuff he's done over the last few months you know some of the stuff that doesn't miss you know like was the captain jack yo ho ho references a few weeks ago or yeah yo ho ho and a bottle of dumb yeah it didn't hit but when he is i don't like you i never liked you i don't like what you stand for your beliefs you're arrogant you're a piece of shit vanguard (laughs) even though i don't like you I respect you. Like it was, <laughs> it was, it was so good. And you know, something like that could come off as cheesy, but I'm like, I literally was thinking in my head, don't do it. Vanguard. Don't join them. Don't, don't. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and there's a subtle element of this too, where Jericho needed to be a little bit off the rails 
because Matt is completely off the rails. Yeah. And, and so what you need is this context in which he doesn't seem as outlandish by comparison. So Jericho needed to bring his level up a little bit. And I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but he cut a promo on a Roomba. So <laughs> I just hope that Jericho embodies old man, old man yells at the sky and just him like starts screaming at like technology. That should be his gimmick going forward. Um, but yeah, I thought that was really funny. And like all the power were lying your propellers. We'll probably some bubbly into your gas tank. <laughs> all the Instagram drone models, all the money you make. Like it was just, it was so funny. And then when it starts to fly away, you just see him come back here, you son of a bitch. Like it was just so it was yeah. so good. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, we always talk about that time Kenny wrestled a broom or when he wrestled a child. I think we can start talking about how Jericho cut a promo on a drone in the same light. Like yeah. if, if Kenny wrestling a broom is the height of his wrestling ability, Jericho putting on a good promo on a drone has to be the equivalent. So I just really enjoyed that part. <laughs> and then we got the goofy uh, Matt teleporting around the arena. Yeah. What did you think of that? Because like, <laughs> I, I think I really like that. They just went for it because when are they going to have the opportunity to do this, right? They yeah. needed an empty arena in order to do the trick photography to make that work. And I thought it was kind of neat. It was hokey, but then Matt gets in the ring and he starts talking and he's even hokier. Yeah. So it, you know, it, it didn't really bother me. And I thought it was really neat as a way to, you know, kind of, stun Jericho and you could tell that he was taken aback. He sold it really well. And if you're going to have someone have this supernatural character, why not give them some supernatural powers? It's yeah. pro wrestling. We can have that. We can have these different flavors. And uh, I'm just curious, what, what did you think about it? So, so we didn't, I didn't watch dynamite live last night. So I, I saw it on Twitter. I'm like, that looks dumb, but when you combine that after Jericho talking shit to a drone, like you mentioned, it kind of was like it, it, it leveled the playing field a bit. So it didn't seem as weird in the context of the entirety of the show. So I liked it. I laughed. And, you know, it, I was thinking the same thing. They're never going to get a chance to do this. You know, it's an empty arena. What a cool use of the situation. And we know Matt kind of has these, you know, extra powers um with the broken universe uh yeah so i i dug it and i really liked the beginning of this uh this segment once matt showed up where he's like maker of pain you knew i you knew i'd come and jericho's like of course we booked this last week and then just <laughs> very casually goes how'd you do that <laughs> like with him teleport like how did you do that and the match just screams i am magic like it's just so absurd and i yeah i just love that jericho was able to lean into it with them well and um, hardy's like full intensity full crazy eyes through the entire segment dude i i know we had broken matt in in the other wrestling company this was probably my first true exposure to how goofy this could be and i i was fascinated with not just the what he said but when Jericho was talking, like the intensity in his eyes, his head movements, like it, it was kind of unsettling with him just like teeth. Yeah. Like it was creepy. And, uh, you know, I love how they leaned into him being able to control the pyro 
at the end. So um, I'm, I'm digging it. And I thought there's some really good stuff in here um, in the back and forth that they did. Um, I always forget how good of a talker Matt is because I yeah. don't think he ever really was able to be this and the other wrestling company. And I didn't, other than some of the matches with the young bucks before, you know, I didn't see any of his like character work. He put on a fucking clinic and I really enjoyed it. Um, and I really liked, uh, the, one of the first things he said, um, excuse me. Uh, I have seen the tyranny of the inner circle in AW. This place for me represents freedom. Um, I cannot allow you in the inner circle to ruin this paradise. I must protect it at all costs. Fucking meta is that man? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to let you ruin what I've been looking for, for the last two years. Um, and then Jericho coming back with, I, res- I resurrect careers, Hager, Moxley, Santa, Sammy, Santana, Ortiz. I can make you, everyone can make mistakes. You deserve a mulligan. And when, and even, Jericho leaned into the sports of golf. Like he said it like mm-hmm. broken Matt. Like, oh man, I I'm kind of realizing how much I enjoyed this segment as I'm reading through it and talking about it with you. Cause I thought this was kooky and fun and it made me laugh, man. It made me laugh. I just I wanted one thing, one thing that, that didn't happen, and it would have made the segment absolutely perfect. Is if at the end, and I know it would have been an incredible feat of of cinematography to pull it off but when sammy dove at him from behind if he had just disappeared obi-wan style oh man and his cloak had <laughs> fallen down to the middle of the ring and sammy had swung on air like that would have just been so sick and he could have like teleported back up to the mezzanine and you know done his whole thing that would have just made it for me, but it was a really fun segment. And if this is the kind of stuff they're going to do, it's going to get better every week because the thing about a gimmick like broken mat is the first time you see it, the first time you experience it, you're just like, what, what the hell is this? And the more they put it over and the more they legitimize it. And, you know, I'm pretty critical of Chris Jericho a lot of the time, but he did amazing work legitimizing this character and if he the thing is when when your top heel is taking this character seriously and saying okay sure you're 3000 years old that tells me that you're really wise he's like i'm not even going to challenge you on that i'm just going to accept that you are what you say you are you are 3000 years old so then i'm going to appeal to that it it makes it work. It causes the gimmick to land in a way that it wouldn't otherwise. And you need the steady hand of a veteran like Jericho to be able to go out and do that segment. So I, I thought that was really, really good. And I hope that we continue to get Matt Hardy on a week in, week out basis so that people can grow accustomed to this character and what these segments are going to be like. Because for the non-hardcore viewing audience, it's going to get pretty gnarly. It's, it's a little bit off the rails. I think it, I think it's a good sign that they put that in the main event slot. Like the show ended on that, you know, showing that they have faith in this character, have faith in Jericho making it, you know, legitimate. Um, I do think it maybe went on a little long at the end. Once they finished their rabbit season, duck season sketch with delete, elite, delete, elite. (laughs) Um, you know, it, 
after that, I'm like, okay, this should probably end. And I, I thought it was weird with like, and in 15C, Abraham Lincoln is here. Like, M.A. Kit, M. Martin Luther King is here, and he still has a dream. Like, okay, <laughs> like, cool. <laughs> let's 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 get to the. Yeah, the, that was the, a little bit hokey. Yeah. Um. So I think it could have ended, like, if they did the delete, elite, delete, elite thing, and then Sammy attacked. I think it would have been a good good point for it to end because they kept going back and forth on the essences. I'm like, yeah, we get it, Matt. I thought would have been cool. So they've done a ton of shows at Daily Plaza before. It would have been cool if that when he says there is there when Matt, uh, Jericho said nobody's here, I banned all the fans, and Matt's like that's not true. And then all of a sudden the screen flickers and you see like past shots of the crowd like imposed on the oh, scene. That would have been cool. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought they were gonna like what what they were gonna do based off of all the weird camera stuff they already done. So, um, but yeah, overall really fun. I'm excited for this. Um, I, I, I want to say one thing about, we thought Matt was the exalted one, man. I'm so glad he's not the exalted one. (laughs) Seriously. And I, I think we would have been both been happy last week if Matt Hardy debuted as the exalted one, but after his kind of short debut last week and what he did this week, I'm glad that we're getting full on broken Matt. No other gimmick. We don't need him to be the exalted one. Because Brody Lee is doing a damn good job in that on his own, um, so I'm glad. I'm glad we got Broken Matt. I'm glad that this is uh, what they're doing with him. And yeah, see how it, see how it evolves over the next few. Uh, I'm not gonna say weeks because who knows? I, I'm I'm dealing with AEW on a week to week basis right now because I have no idea if there's gonna be a show next week. And we probably can cut out what's on next week's show going forward because who the fuck knows? <laughs> well, and we, they're also not necessarily sticking to what they've advertised. You know, yeah. they, they've shifted things around a little bit. You know, initially, uh, the first reports that I had heard was that Jericho and Hardy were going to have a match, not a showdown. And then, yeah. you know, that reporting changed a little bit. And, you know, there were there were different things. There were supposed to be... I forget who was in it. There was supposed to be a tag team match this week that got axed and, you know, and it's, I guess constantly evolving circumstances for them. It's got to be hard to book when you don't necessarily know who can actually show up when it comes time to tape. So, well, I know you're not a, a big dirt sheet guy, but I was reading earlier, right before we started this, that they apparently had filmed a ton of stuff before and a ton of stuff after in addition to what they normally would do for dark. So I think they're going the WWE route. They're going to, because if they're going to be from Daly's place, it doesn't matter. You know, you right. can film stuff now and air it in three weeks. So I, I honestly think they're trying to get as much stuff that they can get done. So if they do have to cease production, they at least can go on for a few more weeks. It kind of reminds me of the writer, uh, the, the movie television writer strike when we were in high school. And I remember a lot of the shows ended mid-season, but House happened to get uh, 16 episodes filmed before the strike happened. So House actually went on a little longer than all the other shows because they had the foresight to, you know, churn them out while they could. So I think that's what they're doing. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But for now, it's a uh, we have we at least we have this week. So we're we're go from there. Anything else with the the Matt Hardy La Champion uh, segment? No, no, I think that's good. I think uh, we can move on to our our one stock down this week. Um, and this is coming from me. 
and uh, maybe it's that my expectations are so high, but I liked this, it. Uh, this Jake the Snake Roberts vignette was a miss for me, um, and and not even it didn't really have anything to do with his delivery. It didn't have any because I mean Jake's great. He's a great talker. He's great on the mic. I loved the way it was filmed. Uh, I thought it was really sinister. Just the content didn't really work for me. It 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 felt inconsistent. So we got the initial message, which was, we don't want everything. We just want to take your share. And then we got the vignette of um, Archer beating down all the different now being called training partners <laughs> in their backyard ring with their Carney uh, promoter. And then we get this week, we just need one shot. Why are you ducking us? And I, I just don't feel like that had really been developed at all. And, you know, it went from addressing Cody specifically to addressing AEW more broadly uh, by saying like, oh, you all don't want us because if you did bring us in, then, you know, you know that we'd just destroy you because you've seen what Lance Archer can do. and it just felt a little scattered and where everything leading up to this had been so focused. This just felt inconsistent to me with, with what they had been trying to build before. What did you think about this vignette? Well, for me, when you combine it to what Cody said and the commentary after the thing, you know, he's mentioned it comes across as bitter and jaded. And all I could think of is, when people kind of have those those emotions and have those feelings, they're gonna twist twist what the reality to fit their need. And I feel like, you know, if if you really are, you know, if Jake the Snake is is coming across bitter that he wasn't contacted and Archer wasn't con- contracted contacted, that it makes sense for him to twist and distort the message because in his mind it's the truth. Um, but yeah, I, I I just enjoyed the aesthetic of the promo. You know, I liked him sitting by the fire. It was yeah. it looked menacing. It looked diabolical. I liked the focus on his eyes at the end, as if like I see you, like talk to me. Um, and you know, I I kind of liked the points he had to make. You know, my my phone didn't ring. You know, my I, th- this is the best wrestling mind you've ever had, and but no phone call and. I liked the, you saw Lance Archer firsthand, you know, you got to see him in Japan because you were there and you're afraid. Um, and I love it. He's like, and I can certainly get that. <laughs> so um, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. And this is kind of a, a role reversal for us because I didn't like the vignette last week where Archer just beat up a bunch of uh, inbred children, inbred adults. They looked inbred. It, it was weird. So <laughs> I, 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 I like this one. I just, uh, I think, it's maybe it's just because I'm continually amazed that Jake the snake is even here. Not from the fact that they signed him and he's working with the company, but the fact that he's alive breathing and putting out some damn good promos. Um, no, I mean, like I said, I'm splitting hairs here. I, I thought his delivery was good. I liked the way it was shot. The aesthetics of it were great. I just felt like a tighter message and sticking with the, the points that they had previously brought up. I didn't feel like this was the time to introduce new layers when we haven't done anything with the layers that we already have. 
So like stick with that making it could personal be... and making it about Cody. Yeah, that also could just be the the weirdness that is what they're trying to do right now. Maybe because obviously this was supposed to be um uh what's it called? This was supposed to be blood and guts. Right. So I bet there wasn't supposed to be any commentary. I I would have put, you know, ten dollars on Archer showing up at the end of the blood and guts match and getting involved somehow. Like that's how I kind of thought it was gonna go. So yeah, I think it's something that they had to just do on the fly. And if that's the case, like really good, like, you know, cinematography for something you came up with in since last week. So great yeah. day there. I will I say think- it wasn't my favorite. It wasn't my favorite vignette of the night. That goes to the Darby Allen video before his match with Kip Sabian with him still talking about how he's going to take out the inner circle. Oh, yeah. and him we'll lighting. get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so. And, and yeah, I, I have to say, I agree with you 100% about Cody's response. I thought he did a fantastic job of putting it over and responding very emotionally. Like he made it very clear that that vignette got under his skin. And mm-hmm. he started off by saying, no, you're not going to get me. You can't get me right away. That's not where you start. You've done a lot, but you haven't done it here. And then he got more and more upset, worked himself up into a lather. And he's like, you know what? fine spoiler we'll do it next week like next dynamite it's gonna be me and lance archer and it's like wow okay oh, i didn't i didn't take it like that i took it lit he because he said lance can debut next week on dynamite okay i didn't take that as him facing cody next week but i did like he basically said fuck it you got it you got what you want come here next week <laughs> so, yeah i mean he definitely um, worked himself into it and and you know you want a shot you got a shot so i i liked it and um that response was really, really good. And um, since we're already talking about stuff other than this vignette, why don't we jump right into lightning round? And, lightning round. Uh, I know you <laughs> wanted to talk about Darby Allen and uh, the vignette before that match with Kip Sabian. Oh, it was just, it was all of his stuff's really well done. And, uh, you know, you, you talked about, you know, earlier, like, uh, how do you define him? You know, obviously from an in-ring perspective, I think we have the right terminology now and a counter wrestler. But when it comes to like his vignettes and his character and his personality, like this shit always works for me. Every single time he has a little video before his entrance, I dig it. Um, my eyes tell the story of a man uh, and he just wanted to see how bad things could get. Like, I just like, oh, sorry, I skip. I don't see anything super bad about you. Those are just words like, yeah, you haven't seen shit, dude. <laughs> like, I, I just really enjoyed how it was done. And the match itself was pretty fun, too. Um, you know, I thought it was a really good match. Um, I love what those two have. We talked about how they referred to him as freshmen on the varsity team. I think they both, we God, we've talked about Kip and Penelope Ford so much on this show, but how great they are. And yeah, just really fun match um, that, you know, it's funny because uh, Cody mentioned the over the top cutter during his counter wrestling breakdown. And then he nails it a few, like a minute or two later. Um and then, yeah, just really fun. And I liked his pin pinning move, the, the what they call it, the Last Supper. Yeah. Like, that was really cool. I thought he was going for, like, a sharpshooter type thing. And then, boom, three count. So I'm a sucker for a specialty pin. Uh, yeah. In uh, Lucha Underground, Drago had a really, really cool uh, pin that he would get into. It was very intricate. 
and um, I think it was like the dragon's tail or something like that. Um, but if you if you haven't seen that, look it up because it was a really really cool pin, and you know whether it's uh, Colt Cabana doing a Superman dive or it's someone who can get into a really slick Mighty Stroll Cradle. I really like a very technical pin and I like when someone actually gets a win off of that really technical pin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it was it, nice, you know. I I was expecting there to be a coffin drop at some point and that would get the win. So for him to pull that out and then, you know, Shivani knowing exactly what to call it. I even like how they said, "Oh, wow, you, you with the the breaking news." Um but yeah, it was it was a cool cool spot and same thing with every match that we've seen Kip or Darby in. Like, give us more of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like two more wrestlers to be perfect for a mid-card title. We've talked about mid-card titles here for the last <laughs> six months. So, uh, yeah, really fun. Um, anything else on this before we move on to our, our next item on Lightning Round? Uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered it. Okay, what do you what do you got? You got something uh, for Lightning I Round? I wanted to talk about the Vanguard 1 checkup on nick jackson <laughs> and you know it, 61 percent i feel a personal connection to nick jackson as someone who recently had their head trapped under a garage door uh <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be on a bonus pod how yeah. joel's head got stuck we'll talk about that another time very embarrassing um but i thought that was a really fun way to to show nick training to come back from his injuries and you know that he was being scanned by Vanguard one who, you know, saw him at being at 61%. And, uh, it just, it was really cheesy and it was really fun. And I liked Nick's reaction and the Nick kind of chasing Vanguard one out of his garage gym. It just, (laughs) the whole thing was, it was just a blast and uh, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, ditto. Nothing else to say about that. Yeah, there's not that. really much to say. It's a true <laughs> lightning round item, but yeah. Yeah, my my next one is the uh, all the little shots Brody Lee's taking at Vince McMahon. <laughs> First off, last week when he was talking to uh, Chris Daniel saying, you're not the only old man who's underestimated me. Well, that's yeah. obvious. <laughs> and then uh, one of the Beaver Boys sneezing. And him kicking him out of the room because Vince McMahon notoriously thinks sneezing is a sign of weakness. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, in the times we live in, you know, he's kind of Brody's the hero here. You sneeze, you didn't cover your mouth. What the hell are you doing? (laughs) So a little mixed message there. But I I did enjoy that segment. I also like how he sets up his spinning discus lariat with looking like he's about to hit Sister Abigail. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe we didn't talk about that last week, but um, he really, really devastating, you know, clothesline when he hits it. So, but yeah, I like the vignette. You know, it was weird seeing him in a suit, you know, but I know it, like the Dark Order is supposed to be this like corporate cult. So it makes sense. But yeah, I, I think it was just killer in the suit. Yeah, like it was a good look for him. And, um, you know, I, I will see obviously see more of them growing and and the Dark Order. I'm expanding and I liked Brody Lee's ring gear this week. I thought it looked better than what he wore last week. Last week's looked, I don't know, the the, the purple and stuff. I kind of like the black and gold emphasis on his gear this week. I just thought he looked intimidating as fuck. Um, and yeah, really, really glad the exalted one is here and joined Doc Order. Yeah, good stuff. 
Um, The last thing that I have for lightning round uh, was a spot from the Jimmy Havoc and Cody match. Jimmy Havoc grabbing Cody's tongue, holding his tongue between thumb and forefinger and then blasting him with a European uppercut. Ouch. Yeah. I also like how he put on the headset and said, hi, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that was gnarly. Um, I like how, I like how Havoc can make matches that aren't hardcore seem hardcore. Yeah. Like, and I think, uh, Kenny did a good job emphasizing like, oh, he's fighting with closed fists and he's taking shots, you know, with the, the eye pokes and stuff, um, where you can have a normal match, but it can seem like it's more physical than it really is. So, um, my last lightning round is, man, I really enjoyed that Jake Hager. <laughs> no, I didn't. Jake Hager sucks. I'm done. I have nothing else. Oh, no, no. I do have one thing. I love them referring to the belt as big platinum. Yeah. Like, have they, have you heard them say that on the air before? Yeah. You know, we had the big gold belt before. Now we got the big platinum belt and I love it. (laughs) Like uh, that, that must be something they like must call it backstage, you know, but I kind of like the nickname of big platinum for that belt because it is gigantic. And yeah, I thought Moxley was fine. It's nice seeing him back on TV and, you know, hopefully we uh, get more for him soon. But yeah, I got I got nothing else for landing round. Anything from you? No, no, that's it. OK, well, let's do a little house cleaning. Um, you can follow us. <clears throat> sorry, you can follow us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can follow Joel at the other Joel. And you can follow me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can find us on Facebook at the other wrestling show and Instagram at the other wrestling show. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And if you're an Android user, you can find us on pretty much, much, ah, pretty much all of the podcasting apps in the Google Store. Um, you can email us at theotherwrestlingshow at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Um, Joel, any, anything to add before we uh, go the hell to sleep? <laughs> well, if you like the show, support the show. Tell a friend. Um, interact with us on social media. We've been pretty active tweeting during... AEW events and uh, trying to participate in the uh, social media scene around all elite wrestling. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you have suggestions for anything you'd like us to talk about, please don't hesitate to reach out. We are happy to accommodate. So um, with that, I will give you my random observation of the week, which is Jake Hager looks as bored in the ring as I am when Jake Hager is in the ring. <laughs> he, he, he is pin me, pay me, man. Pin me, pay me. No effort. Like it just doesn't looks like he doesn't look like he cares. You know, at all. the video package that they put together for him was awesome. Like if he was 50% as good as the video package, he'd be great. Because it was a really, really good video package. I mean, yo, man, you know how many wrestlers on, we could say that about over the last entirety of wrestling? Uh, man, Mordecai's Mordecai's promos looked really cool, and then he debuted. Oh man, uh, Hikaru Suzuki or whatever his name was. Enzo, oh Enzo man, Suzuki. They, Enzo Suzuki. Man, he's gonna be a real dominant. Oh man, he, he's teaming with Rene Dupree. Like, <laughs> so yeah. If only he looked as good as the video team could make him look, we would have a world champion. And yeah, screw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Joel, uh, I think we can we can end this thing. 
Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.